Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. And on today's episode, we have another draft profile. Uh, Andrew Cristal out of the WHL, good friend Sam McGilligan, makes his return to talk about uh, Cristal, all the dangles, all the just the intelligence for this player and some suspect skating. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Um, You can follow or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, episodes come out first on YouTube as well. So make sure you guys are following along there. Uh, Second episode of the day. Again, uh, there's going to be six episodes this week and probably six again next week um, as we continue to kind of, you know, get caught up. Uh, I know I enjoyed my vacation, but I owe you guys the content that you guys uh, desire. And uh, Sam joins to talk about Andrew Cristal, who is a super, super fun prospect. Um, Crazy range, potential top 10, potential back into the first round. Um, Really, really fun prospect to talk about. So hope you guys enjoy. And now we bring in Sam McGilligan back to the show of McKean's Hockey to talk about one of his, I know, one of his favorite players. Uh, He was very excited about Andrew Crystal when we first uh, kind of started uh, getting my board together. How's it going, buddy? It's going great, man. How are you? Hanging in there. The season is over. Uh, No more late nights of watching uh, Sharks get pummeled six to two and have to try to figure out how to talk about that game for 20 to 25 minutes. So um, I know you're probably feeling the same way with the half season being over as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be a liar if I said that I watched as many games or even as many close as many as you do, (laughs) because I've been watching other hockey as well. But it hasn't been a season full of victories. <laughs> no, uh, it's been a season full of injuries, and it's yes, been Habs, devastating on that effect. All the Habs are dead, um, yes, unfortunately. Dead. So, uh, so we're going to talk about uh, one Ford Andrew Crystal. If you're new to uh, the program or just kind of jumping in, so what we do is we we break down the player, kind of talk about their strengths, their weaknesses, um, where they would fit in the Sharks pipeline, kind of their timeline to the NHL, all that fun stuff, and then we're gonna talk some bigger draft stuff with Sam at the end, but. Andrew Crystal, uh, he's a forward out of uh, Kelowna in the WHL. Five foot ten, 165 pounds. Uh, this season in 54 games, he played. Uh, he had 39 goals, 56 uh, assists, and 218 uh, shots on goal. Sam, let's start here. What makes Crystal such an intriguing prospect? He is one of the most creative players I have ever seen. I'm trying to be as careful about not using like <laughs> exaggeratory terms so that when I use them for crystal, they actually mean something. I've, this is a thought that I've kind of had all year. There's been two of them. One of them is like, I, he escapes situations that I'm almost convinced he's about to lose the puck in more than <laughs> any player, which will kind of like Nightcrawler. He just kind of like, yeah, he just like sneaks out of situations and turns them mm. into like crazy good chances for the team. 
and ways that just shock you. And the other part of it is just he has this innate ability to create stuff by drawing players towards him. He's mm. He really benefits from the fact that he knows how to draw people in, what move he wants to set up to make people commit their weight, and then he knows how to dance around them to find pockets of space to exit out of and what play he wants to make coming out of that. Sometimes he'll even go as far as faking the play he wants to make coming out of that to make a defender like really kind of like stretch and overcommit, and then he'll attack what's left behind. A lot of this is just built on the fact that he's super maneuverable in small spaces and one of the best handlers I've just seen. He's just incredible with the puck. He has some high-end talent that so few have. Mm-hmm. There is, like, I say this one as he's my second favorite player of the year. Mm. And, like, he has, he doesn't have the explosive skating that all of these other players who have this type of draft pro, uh, profile do. They don't, he just doesn't have that. He He's yeah. a fantastic skater laterally. He really like finds space in that sense, but he doesn't have that explosivity to really drive by somebody. And there's debate on whether his mechanics are fixable. I don't lean into this type of stuff because I don't want to be involved in a debate that I don't <laughs> know, the, you know yeah. the kinesiology behind and stuff like that. But I do think that he is a remarkable case study going forward. He's one of the most unique situations that you'll see from a player where it's like the upside talent is could lead literally be like the Marner to the McDavid of this draft class, mm. but he does not have the skating of Marner. Like, let, like you can't yeah. compare him to Marner, but let's just say like everything goes well, best case scenario, Fantilia Zeichel. Then if I'm picking a Marner in a lot of ways, I'm thinking crystal is that player. I want him to be a thing so bad. I'm not even like, I'm not convinced whatsoever that he doesn't play. I'm just convinced that it's possible. He does so in like a supporting offensive role in like the middle six and he's not too good defensively. So maybe he's more of a power play guy, but the upside there, what he can do at five V five, the way he sets plays up, is just, he's thinking levels in advance of other players at this level. It's just, Man, it's incredible. <laughs> all right. It's really so, amazing. All right. So that there's a lot there. So you, you talk about the way he kind of thinks the game and that his creativity and stuff. What about kind of and you talk about his skating, it might be an issue. What about kind of just like those the tangible skills? Like what if those are you think are his NHL ready? Like his shot, um, his vision, his passing, like what do you think? His vision, most- his sense for the game and his ability to just read and understand what makes mm-hmm. space open up. That's all NHL ready. That it's Figuring out how to do it at NHL pace is always like an adjustment period. And it makes players like him seem like they're not ready, but he is ready to read that game. Problem is, is he would never be able to keep up with the game right now. And that would like, it would just be a complete detriment. Like he's not an NHL ready player, Mm -hmm. but he reads like a player does at that level. And he doesn't just read like an NHLer does. Sometimes you see guys and they just make fast decisions and you're like, you play with pace, but you might not execute high level plays at that pace. Yeah, he 1000% has the sense to do it. And the way he can just manipulate layers of a defense at one time, like he will set up a move on a defender one way so that the secondary defender who's playing support 
is watching him and is kind of prepared to, you know, if he gets by him, he's going to get into this space. Then Crystal escapes one way. Both guys are like, oh, crap. And then he makes a play through <laughs> them at that point. That's the type of stuff where it's like, okay, well, he definitely knows what he's doing when he's toying with defenders because everybody played that situation correctly. They all, nobody was drastically out of position or anything like that. They all made it work. It, and uh, he's just so he's one of those guys like not only because you you have those guys right who can process the game quickly but they're just not able to execute those high end maneuvers then you have those guys who can execute their high end maneuvers but they can't process this uh, yeah kind of like ryan merkley right you see like ryan merkley would you he would try to do cool stuff and you would see him do cool stuff right uh but then he would like i try to you know not realize like hey i can't keep adding to this type of situation. Um, and that's what will get him in a lot of trouble. It seems like he can do both. And he seems like he's, he's a super fun guy to play with because he's just going to make everybody on the ice run them better. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Like there, there are situations where right now, I guess the easiest way of saying this is that right now, crystal is the type of guy who's going to make everyone's lives easier in the offensive zone. Yeah. Right. And I think his transitional game is, impressive fundamentally but it's not right now it's only used in a way where he kind of doesn't play too actively in the defensive zone so he kind of just sits at the blue line he gets the puck he already has a stride on guys so he doesn't have to he's his yeah. lack of top end speed doesn't harm him here it's made up by that but it you don't want to say cherry picking but he's a little bit cherry picking <laughs> it is but it's almost structured into the team like it's not yeah. like he's blatantly like they want him the coach wants him to that's he's doing what the coach asked him yeah so and i'll also say that i notice a lot of the time when i see him make little cuts into spaces just when he's waiting for that puck where he makes the read and the defender who has the puck hasn't even considered that he could be there. There's no pass coming. There's no look there. And it's mm. just a lot of time I'm like, I do think higher level players are just going to see that and want to execute it. And he's there with his head up looking for the guy to pass it to. So even he can play that in a bumper role. He can carry the puck if he has the space. And if he gets any skating improvements, the the there's no player in the draft who comes close in terms of like exponential gain through skating improvements. If okay. he got elite NHL skating, he's one of the since I've been doing this since I'll say 2020, I will say he might be the second or third player who might actually go, okay, maybe uh, I wouldn't bet on it ever, but a hundred points. Uh okay, that's I imagine there's that's, a world. There's a world. Yeah, like yeah. He does have this Marner, Kane, that style of player, just like absurdity to him at times, but the tools undeniably lack behind all of them. Yeah. So it's just, and he, you can't expect him to be that player. I think realistically, he probably ends up as just a strong second line, just top six forward, not mm -hmm. a star, but just a top six forward. But those are never a bad player to pick. And if you're getting one of those at like 10th and overall or later, you're doing extremely well. I think before, when we briefly mentioned him on the last podcast, I had him at five yeah, or six or something like that. And I have come down a bit to around nine or 10. But there, okay. that's just mostly because this draft is absurd. Like I still <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> stand by my read on him. It's just there's a lot of really interesting players who have similar upside and are more likely to kind of reach it where with crystal, he's the one with the most question marks in the top tier, basically. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, you that's skating, you know, that's kind of a big thing, right? You you do yeah. skates play hockey. And it's like you said, it's not like it's it's he's terrible at it, but like there's just the guy, like when you're getting to these, like, you know, kind of after that first four of uh, you know, Bedard, Fantilli, Leo Carlson, and Michkov, um, and even Michkov as a wild card, you could say he goes anywhere from three to ten, and I wouldn't be shocked, right? Um, but after then you have to start kind of picking nits a little bit about like, okay, like Benson and Will Smith and Crystal and like kind of that, that's the whole draft game here is trying to figure out how these guys, how these 17, 18 year old kids are going to turn out to be in five, six, seven type of yeah, years. Which, type of things. And there's that's a lot the of paths that they can go down. <laughs> All right. Before we continue our conversation with Sam, uh, we talk about kind of where Crystal would fit in the Sharks prospect pool, kind of where he might get drafted. Um, just that huge range that Crystal could potentially fit in. I uh, do want to take a quick break, talk to you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Um, Grand Slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get all the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Um, I always enjoy um, same-game parlay of Otani doing something awesome, you know, maybe 10 strikeouts and the angels still losing because that is the most angels thing ever to happen. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. When you join FanDuel today, Let's just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of major league baseball. All right. So, you know, other than his skating and of course, adding some bulk because, you know, 165 pounds at yeah, 5 foot 10. Uh, what do you think is the other thing that he needs to kind of work on to as he progresses and becomes an NHL player? Well, at some point, your coach is just going to get start getting very mad at you if you're not activating into the defensive <laughs> zone. I don't want to speak as if I have – I don't watch Kelowna outside of Crystal and Price, which means mm. that I don't have the best grasp on their system when these guys aren't on the ice. Like, I'm used to them playing a certain way, and they yeah. kind of end up being on the ice together a lot. So the what from what I see just from a video footage afar, Crystal is extremely – inactive in the offense or in the defensive zone. He is active and creates lanes that I don't think teammates hit, but that mm -hmm. doesn't change the fact that he's still not doing anything. And like, you can, you can absolutely argue at some point, like, man, you just, like there you are sometimes, when, yeah, <laughs> yeah, play can come near him and he can put, he reads it right and he can execute it. Right. Which is how, mm -hmm. you know, he can read the game. So it's less of a concern of like, I don't believe you can do it. And it's more like, well, we're talking about things you got to improve. You will have to be doing this more. So it would be nice to see it happening. Cause like, you're going to need to work on it and you're, you can do it. So it's just about getting the game reps in. So you, it is something I'm going to be looking forward to. I wouldn't call it a death sentence. If it doesn't happen, the yep. AHL will clean that up pretty quickly. Yes. Um, I think he's a little easy to push off the puck right now. Again, that comes to the strength, but it also comes just from, Sometimes you can't skill your way through absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And there is a little combination of flaws that is kind of a little scary if they don't get addressed or like they don't fundamentally change. It's the fact that he draws people's in, but he doesn't like contact. That's terrifying. And he's also not explosive skater. This is like, he's 
that combination of thing is like a very good reason why small players slip through the draft. He's going to go later than people think. Bob McKenzie's list is going to come out and people are going to see crystal and they're going to go, Whoa, what I have. I don't know for sure. It's not, I, but I just, when I watch him more and more, I know there's some people who are starting to just go, okay, I love so much of it and I want it to work, but like wanting it to work and is it going to, or two different things. Obviously, I think most people are still on the side of it works, and I'm sure there's a lot of individual scouts in the NHL who are super high on him. But like as a team perspective, right now, I'm sure teams are looking at him and like we can only get one player with our first round pick. Do we really want to draft a guy who might just not be an NHL player if he doesn't change his game? Not saying that that's the best logic, because mm-hmm. I think that's a really pessimistic outlook and you want to draft a yep. player and believe in the best of them. And there's a lot of ways you can make this really bountiful, but if security is the name of the game, it's the 2023 draft. There are some secure players who are going to be good. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of, flip. yeah. Thinking about like, if your team may be like Arizona who has two picks in the top 15 Using that first pick on a guy like, uh, you know, a Benson or Smith or, you know, whoever. And then you can kind of take a swing uh, at number 12. And if Crystal pans out, you're looking at two elite guy, you know, not elite, but two awesome guys coming out in the top 15. Um, and if he doesn't, like you said, you're probably at least getting a middle six forward type of guy. Um, yeah. and we know that like the Coyotes who have a bajillion, you know, they've been drafting a bajillion guys recently. So um just another complimentary piece for your, for your system. It doesn't have to be the guy, um, you know, your, your entire franchise isn't hinging on crystal working out for you type of situation. So I think that's the best situation for him to go to where it's a team that still believes in him quite a bit based on mm-hmm. where he went, but it's not the end all be all of the draft. Kind of like Noah Oslin for the Sabres last year. Yeah. Makes that's- sense. That would be a better spot. Or Montreal. They won't do it, but or Montreal. <laughs> Montreal. We have two firsts. The same. Have, Zach yeah. Benson and Andrew Crystal, the dream's still up there. There you go. Uh, a man can dream right there. All right. Um, where I know you're you're not heavily involved with, with Sharks prospects, but if the Sharks somehow manage to get him, I think he's going to be – he's not going to be there when the – the Sharks aren't going to pick him at number four or five or six or wherever they end up in the lottery. Um God forbid they fall to six, but uh, and he's probably not going to be there for the Sharks at wherever the Devils pick ends up being 25, 26, 27, 28. He might. Um, He might. Who knows? We've seen crazy things go. Sharks end up picking him. Where would he kind of fit in with the prospects? I assume whoever the Sharks pick with this pick is going to be number one. Eklund's going to be number two. And then where does, where do you think he kind of fits in? Um, it all like these things are always interesting because it just kind of depends what you're looking for. If you're talking about like what prospects have the high end ceilings that can really help a franchise out, I'd say it'd be comparable to Montreal with Lane Hudson. Just how like Ooh, Hudson an was taken monster this year. Yeah, right. But like yeah. Hudson slipped for a lot of reasons, and those reasons are still valid. Like this season didn't invalidate them, but it did confirm that the reason for the hype was also warranted. So we're still in this like awkward middle. Mm-hmm. Crystal's gonna be in this stage for the next few years. People aren't gonna be I don't think you're gonna get the answer until it's about his third year after the draft and you're looking at him and it's like, where are you right now? Because that's likely gonna tell me where he is and where he isn't. So if you look at it like that, 
Lane Hudson is argued as maybe top three, top four in almost any pool. So even without knowing the Sharks too much, Crystal could be your third or fourth guy a year from now and people would be ecstatic about it, not even yep. upset. Like they'd be just like bumping everyone down the list happily and going like, look how deep the prospect pool is and look how sick that dude at number three is. <laughs> yeah. There's okay. also, so, but there's also people who value the safety and players like Beastead and the like, and no matter what, like, there's a lot of situations in the past where players like Crystal get ranked higher in a prospect list and then they don't make it. And then they don't the pan out yep. afterwards who were safety. And there's that group of the fan base who are like, I told you he was number three and they aren't wrong for their reasoning. Yeah. I mean, again, for Sharks fans point to Ryan Merkley, who was the best prospect in the Sharks pool for a long time. That's probably because they just didn't have any other good prospects that, <laughs> to, you know, I mean, that's what happens when you're, you know, playing for Stanley cups for 15 years, but you know, and now now the Sharks have done a good job of of trying to rebuild it. So they're 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 working on trying to I think they still need that that guy who can kind of be the uh you know Batman to to or Rob into William Eckler, whatever, whichever one you want to pick put first. But having that guy with Eckland <laughs> either or. Point, yeah. Uh I can't I mean I love William Eckland. You can't, you know, he's um, amazing. I'm, he's amazing, he's gonna be great. So um all right, uh, timeline, I assume. So a couple more years of juniors, probably a year or two in the AHL, and then you're, especially if he needs to iron out his defensive issues. If he's still physically not capable of do, pulling his game off in three or four years from now, I'm going to start being a little more concerned. Right now, if he just gets, if he's drilled with a skating coach for the next two years and he's mm. committed to it, which from all accounts of what I've heard about the kid, he'll be committed to it. Um, if he gets that, he just, you know, the usual, he's spending his time in the gym and then he's just refining things. And he's activating a little bit more defensively. He could probably be in the NHL in 20 at, at 20 years old. Wow. <laughs> I, it, I, which is bold. Like there's a yeah. lot of people. That's who everything goes me. right. Yeah. Type that of is an everything goes right thing. But I yeah. think with him, it's good. It's just an interesting case of like, well, it's either mostly going to go right. Or the people who were skeptical were right. Because it's not like he's mad unless he like is just the case of a guy who just improves his skating for seven straight years. And then is a late bloomer. Mm. And in that, that you're just entering like unique case studies at that point, like you, that you can't account for that at the time of the draft. So it, it with the way most players tend to develop three years out of, after the fact, he's either going to be in there and people are going to be like, Whoa, this kid is nuts. Or yeah. he's going to be struggling. Not to say that he won't, like he might still be in the AHL, but he'll be very, very good in the AHL. Like we'll still be able to see where he is. I hope it's a seven-year one. And he plans out and Sam's like, I knew it. Seven years. I now. will. <laughs> I, I mean, it. I will be. He can be twenty-five. <laughs> and you're still gonna be. Yeah, and I'll still be believing the talent of him. He's got such <laughs> a rare mind for the game that I don't have. Those are the type of players that I just refuse to give up on. No, I mean, yeah, when they think the game that like that way, yeah, it, it's hard not to uh, to to kind of give up on them. So, yeah. Um, all right, guys, before we finish up with Sam um, and we talk about kind of some bigger draft things, I talk about which players have risen the most for him in this draft, including Oliver Moore and Gavin Brindley. Um, do need to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at Athletic Greens. 
Um, today's episode is brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. The grip of winter is finally being loosened. You may be trying to get back into more exercise and healthy lifestyle. Uh, what better way to pair with some new exercise habits than a daily dose of nutritional insurance in the form of AG1? With one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's also lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good and supporting better sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system immune system with a convenient daily nutrition to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs through the first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com nhl network again that's athleticgreens.com nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right let's talk some bigger draft stuff so um we're, we've kind of, you know, a lot of seasons are wound down, right? We're we're in the CHL playoffs here. Uh, NCAA is over. Like a lot of the European leagues have finished up or finishing up right now. Um, which players since you kind of maybe end of end of the summer last year, beginning of the year, which player do you think has risen the most for you? I'm going to say non-Michkov because I know uh, last yeah. I talked about Michkov last time. And that's basically what we talked about the entire episode. Go check yes. that out. <laughs> um, which guy do you think is, has kind of risen up your personal boards the most? Oliver Moore probably. Okay. Um, you could almost. It's funny. It's not an exact replica, but you could play our episode about Brad Lambert last year, and a lot of it applies to Moore. He is like that type of skater, though. It's that. It's the same argument, man. That type of skating in mm-hmm. transition. Good luck. It's just good luck if they know how to just change lanes and use their lateral mobility and work give and go passing lanes and know when to slow down, which more un not unlike Lambert, especially because he made a lot of progress this year, guys. Um he <laughs> we still believe. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Not even no no hesitation. No still. hesitation, yes. Um Moore does slow up quite a bit. Oliver Moore is amazing because Will Smith is who he plays with is like Yep. one of the fanciest players I've ever seen. We're talking like the Zegers Johnson style fancy. Mm-hmm. And Moore is still, I think, better at getting stuff done because Moore is such a gifted skater that everything Smith does, he's like dangling the pants off of three guys in a row. Moore does it all with his feet because nobody can even get in position to stop him. And then the last guy is just like, ah, uh, and Moore just does a cool little trick. And one, <laughs> that's all he needs. It's just, it's less, I think it's less that he grew on, like he was such a gifted skater in the beginning of the year. He was such an interesting story. They started him on wing, and I was mm-hmm. told that he's a natural center and that he was really uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable. That's not the right word, but I could tell he, he was prefers getting playing center. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting used to leading into the zone as the puck carrier. Not that he was incapable. He was still actually doing the right thing way more often than not, but it was just. It, it was mid first round talent. I was excited, but it also, he wasn't getting into dangerous areas as much. I felt like he was his controlled transition numbers, like the scouch data, rest in peace. Um, RIP. Yes. The scouch data would have been, was always amazing for more all year from game one. It was great. And he was, it was just like a question of like, can he be more than a puck mover? 
And then he got moved back to center and showed that like if the wingers are up there giving him any sort of lane to read, he will shred everyone on the ice easily without ever leaving the middle, going to the perimeters, fly around. He just he dominates in a way that very few people can stop. He's already better skated than a lot of good players in the NHL. He is like almost a sure thing in terms mm. of like you're getting a good player no matter what you might and the upside is also as high as anybody's. He's kind of like Matt Barzell almost in some okay. ways, like with the way he just carves up the ice, which is the same comparison that was used for Lambert. So it's like, I feel like the same, like the skating strides, not the same, but the of general effect. Like if you got rush patterns of these players going up the ice more and Barzell would look pretty similar. They're, yeah, he's quite awesome. He's number one. <laughs> Gavin Brindley's number two, though. The guy who played with Fantilli all year. He was as good friends. Good friend Tony Ferrari was very high on him as well. And yeah, I think yes, he's, and he especially and I very the, the playoffs, uh, the NCAA playoffs that he he had himself a very nice showing as well too. Yes, yes, he did. He's just he is probably one of the best examples of a guy who just I won't even say he improved because it kind of like from the very beginning of the year, I had him like 13, 14. Cause I was like, man, you were just kind of impressive with everything. Mm-hmm. And it was all just like, there's nothing stopping you from doing more. You literally just need to do it. So mm-hmm. let's just see how that goes. And that's all the year was. It wasn't him learning new things. I don't even think it was him adding new things. I think it was just simply him going like, all right, time to do this one. Now the world juniors was like the best story. Like people were still a bit questioning his offensive upside. So he goes to world juniors makes a team not expected to do so whatsoever. I'm big. I wanted to put him on the team and didn't even do him on like my roster. Cause I thought he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Makes it anyways. Fourth line, not a problem. Really good performance. Third line. Then it's top six. Then it's just like, and he kept, changing his role to fit the line but no matter what just improve the results so cleanly because everyone played off of him goes back to Michigan stapled with Fantilli goes on a production rampage rush offense cycle offense he's just built like a he's the epitome of a small guy built to play against bigger competition he's kind of like Logan Stankovan in that regard they don't Mm -hmm. again they don't play the same Stank kind of hunts contact Brindley doesn't but Brindley just dances off of it but he's so used to having pressure on him and just knows how to find space there's a play in the playoffs where he kind of just like flies up the middle of the ice and he gets a pass and he completely flubs the reception and he's just like "Uh oh and he just like backhands it no looks it and sets up a goal anyways and he's just like oh cool still made that work clearly was not his intended play but like still made, made it work, work. Yeah, yeah and with him too it's interesting because like with record Bigordi was supposed to kind of be you know kind of you know the the that two C for Fantilli right, and he missed the first half of the season. Like he, like you said, he kind of just slides in there, does what's asked of him, does a good job, and then okay, records back. Uh, I'm gonna go play with Fantilli now and just be awesome. It's uh, having guys like that who can kind of be whatever you need them to be on your team. Uh, that yeah. flexibility is just amazing for for roster building. Yeah, he's like neck and neck with Will Smith for me. I think I'll always Ooh. lean Smith. Be- well, I lean Smith because Smith has got that Zegris style creativity. Yeah, like in a weaker draft, I don't see any situation where I don't see Smith as like a third or fourth overall level prospect. It's just the top end of this draft is insane. Like Oliver Moore and Zach Benson are also yes. insane prospects, and you can't underrate any of those seven. And then Gavin Brindley is like the guy who's like just behind them, but. Still, yeah, he was like, okay, maybe late eyes. first round, and it's like maybe he would get signed to the Sharks at the end. No, that's not happening anymore. No, he still might because he's got the small 
thing, but unlike yeah. Crystal and Jaden Perron and a lot of the other small guys who were just awesome, they were likely to slip anyways. Uh, he played NCAA. He did really well at the World Juniors. He has like those accolades that they look for that like, oh, well, this small player has checked these boxes off, yeah. so he'll go high in the draft. Brindley's checked them all off, so I think he will end up going kind of high. But I don't know. I'm curious. I think he should do it. I would be like, if I'm an NHL GM, even I'm not even sure I would take Crystal at 10 myself, even though I have him there, just because mm-hmm. you, you're always trying to maximize value and, yeah, you, yeah. you know, the downside between Crystal and Ryan Leonard's not that big. So if I take Ryan Leonard, I don't get Crystal. I'm not upset. But if I get Crystal later on and I get Leonard, I'm stoked. If I get Brindley at 11 on the choice, I'm just taking Brindley. It's like I'm not... <laughs> Like I'm not playing the is he gonna fall game. I'm I'm taking him and I'm going. Oh my god, I'm, I'm so happy. Gavin Bridley on the Canucks. Uh, nothing bad could ever happen with the Canucks prospect, right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Why? Why did no? Why Sorry, did I, I say eleven? Takeathon just always is just embedded in, in. Yeah, it's always up. Um. All right. So where? The big question, where does Andrew Crystal go in this year's draft? Late first is going to be my guess. After Brad Lambert fell to 30, man, we all need to accept that this, like, <laughs> this is going to happen every year, and it's going to blow our minds every year. But there's a reason why it happens in some cases. I still don't think Lambert was one of them, but I think Crystal is going to be one of those warranted cases. It's so easy for people in the public to not, like, understand the pressure of an nhl like you can't miss and it does not look good for you even if crystal is like in the ahl looking awesome yeah at at 20 years old if ryan leonard's in the nhl and has 20 goals it still doesn't look good on you and you have to what wait three more years for that to come back on you not to mention anything that could have you know maybe you don't get the same level of influence at the table next like this these are all things that people consider this is their livelihood right yep uh, I don't. You know I can't say that I would take him there if I have. Then Columbus, top four pick, right? This year is their number two right now. They have that Kings pick at twenty three. You know, they could do it. That would you know, again after they took Matejchuk, I I can I would have never mocked that to them in a million years. So I'm convinced they will take anybody at this point. <laughs> Love it. All right, and. Uh, last time we asked you who's the best player in the draft five years from now with Anand Bedard. Uh, five years from now, who's the player in the late first round, early second round that were like, how did this guy slide here? Gavin Brindley, if he slides. <laughs> Gavin Brindley, if he slides. Um, and if not, it's Andrew. Like it's Brindley and Crystal and Jaden Perron. I do like Jaden Perron as well. Jaden Perron is awesome. Yes. All right, Sam, you said it all. Uh, Where can the people find you? Twitter, at Sam underscore McGilligan, M-C-G-I-L-L-I-G-A-N. I I have to spell that. Um, (laughs) uh, SamMcGilligan.substack.com, McKean's Hockey, Puck Preps. That is it. (laughs) That's, uh, (laughs) That's where you can find me. I don't have an expansive... Uh, Rolodex like that. That's yeah. Uh, not like old our good old friend Will Scouch who had the uh, whole you know. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, thanks, buddy. Until next time. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sam McGilligan about Andrew Crystal. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see. Um, definitely a risk with him, but I think if you're a team like the Sharks who has one or has two, maybe if they trade Carlson, has three uh, potential first-round picks, he could be one of those guys where, again, we're looking back and going, wow, how did he get you know, slide to 20, 28, wherever the Sharks uh, may be picking. Um, but super fun player. Um, thanks to Sam for jumping on. I'm going to definitely have Sam on again. He's, you know, good guy to talk, uh, talk, talk hockey with. So uh, make sure you are following along wherever you get podcasts. So uh, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music. You can also list, uh, watch on YouTube as well. Make sure you're just subscribing. That way you know whenever new episodes drop be back tomorrow on wednesday to talk about a big question around tomas hurdle if this is time to worry or if this is just a bump in the road for hurdle as he is in year one of an eight year, just finished up year one of an eight-year contract um so gonna be digging into tomas hurdle season and where things will go from here so um until then make sure you're following me on twitter at my fry hole and we'll be back tomorrow bye friends